balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. My wife and I have been health nuts for 35, 40 years. I've always been, you know, literally biking, swimming, skiing, you know, yada, 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 always looking for something different. The day I took this stuff, that following morning, I woke up and I went, whoa. It was like the missing link. It was just fantastic. And we haven't stopped taking it since. My wife feels basically the same way. It's the single thing that, uh, that changed us and convinced us that uh, this stuff is the best thing going. Oh, it's done a good job. I've got a lot more energy. I'm 78 years old, trying to stay alive, and I don't eat right. This helps make it better because I get a balanced diet, and that's very important. I love balance tonight. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code KATE. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and due to your incredible support, the original My Slippers are almost completely sold out. As a special thank you, I am launching my brand new all-season slippers, slides, and sandals for as low as $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code, and you'll get all my new footwear for as low as $29.98. My all-season slippers are made with my exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. They're finished with a breathable fabric so you can wear them all year round. And my new slides and sandals are made with patented impact gel, making them ultra comfortable and extremely durable. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own all-season slipper slides and sandals for as low as $29.98 with your promo code. This is an introductory offer and it won't last long, so order now. One nation under fraud, completely visible, with lying and spying for all. The Kate Daly Show starts now. This is real-time crime, our first one of the night. Our first one of the night. This is exciting. They are caught. Look at this, everybody. I'm. This, look at that spike, everybody. And, Jeff, I want you to explain it, uh, What? whose race this is, and then when it took over, and then they, they were overriding the algorithms, it looked like, and then what happened? Give us, give us your analysis here. Well, what, what happened is what we're seeing in a lot of places. Whereas the, uh, the the Democrat breaks out to an early lead, but we see that probably because that's where the uh, that's where most of the cheating is is taking place right there at the beginning. I don't like what happened with Carrie Lake again. I bring that up again. So you see that that in red, uh, Herschel Walker kept coming back, coming back, coming back, closing the gap as we started to get real election day votes in. At the moment, nearly the moment when the when when they were even. They were essentially even. There's two dots here. You can't tell the difference. Suddenly, there is an update that has 117,000 votes for Warnock and 6,000 6, votes for Herschel Walker. So about 117,000 to 600. Uh, there you go. That's, uh, wow. that's what happened. We want this. I want you to, if you can, send me this screenshot. We're going to send it out all over social media right now. And this is the real, the first real-time crime. We've caught them. 
They're they're trying to steal Herschel Walker's race. This is this isn't coming from us here. This is coming from the Edison report. This is real time crime going on here. Yep, that was Mike Lindell. They were showing it uh, election night. They were showing the fraud. So whenever you hear somebody go, you're just a bad loser. You don't lose with dignity. And uh, they don't even want to recognize that there's actual evidence of voter fraud. There's lots of it. And they won't be appeased until it goes through a court, which it's very hard to find a judge that will judge on it because they're afraid to, I'm pretty sure, or they're bought. So, very difficult. I think that's just Uh kind of being overly suspicious because the race is tied at under 50% of the votes each. Mm -hmm. And in that particular section of votes, Warnock got 95% of the votes in a 50-50 tie. Now, that doesn't seem suspicious to me. Not at all. And 110% turnouts... Well, the extra 10 is your dead relative. And you know what? You should just be glad they cared enough to roll out of their grave and vote. That's pretty much how it goes. The the dead people voting has stopped mm-hmm. bothering me. Really? Yeah, because they actually elected a dead representative. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Well... Welcome to the last hour on a Thursday. What can we say? Look, uh, if the nation like this time got a little bit more concerned so they went in person to vote because they weren't buying the mail-in vote right because you if you if you turn that in and they return it to you you won't even get it before the election usually so after the election you'll realize that your ballot didn't count because they'll return it to you for whatever reason so a lot of people were going yeah i'm gonna go vote in person so now if we can get people to vote in person and do a paper ballot The only things that could um, make that ballot not count is if you don't make your decision clear. And this is by law. If you don't make it clear, failing to mark the ballot, um, you know, uh, signing it, uh, you know, doing something to it, trying to add in write-in names when there's no line for that or whatever, that could take your ballot out. Making marks all over the ballot, um, you know, using cuss words on the ballot, which I know you want to, but you can't. Those are the things that make it invalid, not the fact that you're turning in a paper ballot and making them count it. Now, if whole counties did that, we could change the face of the elections and we don't have to use their screwy machines. Why in the world are we waiting, still waiting for the Arizona count? Um, they don't, ha- they're not even the size of California. I mean, this is getting ridiculous, is it not? Yep. Yeah, because they're trying to see how they're going to pad it, if they want to pad it, and they're definitely figuring out which way to go with it. So, they had a couple of martyrs. They let Stacy be a martyr, <laughs> Abrams, you know, um, but then they threw you um, sling blade, and there you go. I mean, they're in your face telling you that they don't, they're not afraid of anything because they can get away with such an abuse of the fraud that they don't care anymore. You know, that's, that's the sad part of where we're at. So we're going to have to do something drastically different and stop trying to show up to the machines and hoping it's all magically delicious. You know, like you just show up and magic powder has been sprayed everywhere and you're fine and your vote counts. I mean, why in the world would we go back to the same machines over and over again? Right. 
unless we get smart, you can't change a thing. We can't do a thing. And the candidates. Until we stop voting for these two parties that are so corrupt now, because at the helm, you've got so many rhinos and you've got so many leftist progressives. Treasonous, treasonous individuals at the helm. If we all stopped, if we all stopped with the two-party system, we could change it. How do we get there? That's a, I know that's a monumental feat because yep. people vote the two-party system because you think that's the only thing you've got. If, they, if they're going to present you with candidate A and candidate B, and it comes from their vetting, <laughs> who do we all think we're voting for? We're voting for their selected candidates. So, I mean, they make you feel like you have a choice. <laughs> a or B, which one do you want? They're both a turd sandwich, but A or B. And then you get to, you feel like you get to choose and then you, you get the turd sandwich. A or B. That's basically where we're at. And I hate that. I really do. I hate even saying that because I know it kind of can take away um, some hope. And I'm still reeling. Oh, by the way, Chris Ann Hall, um, the st- with the storm and everything going on, um, she'll be on next week instead with everything happening in Florida. She's in Florida. Uh, that's why she's not with us this week. Um, but I'm still reeling from your Texas wanting DNA kits so that the kids, so they can identify their kids if something happens. That's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't believe a parent could fall for that. <laughs> I can't either. Don't you remember doing that in school? Because you know, I mean, as a matter of fact, you don't remember giving them your DNA. Uh, my parents <laughs> wouldn't even let me give them my fingerprints. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we got problems. So, um, and of course, uh, the New York schools are demanding parents submit to woke brainwashing too. Yep. Uh, the private schools in New York City are subjecting parents to. Uh, Racist indoctrination sessions under the guise of anti-racism and diversity and refusing to admit children of parents who will not comply. It's getting bad. Do you guys remember when they were trying to figure out how to feed them (laughs) 24-7? How can we get them here for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and homework and then send them home around 8 o'clock so they could sleep in their bed? And that's basically what the parents would get out of the deal. I, it, it was shocking. It was beyond shocking, but they really wanted that. And I do feel like at some point they'll get it. If we diminish parents enough, right, and their rights enough, they'll get what they want. And the school system will have the heavy handed, you know, um, just overbearing we own your kids kind of mentality. They already do, but they don't, they try not to show that freak flag too often, (laughs) but I have a feeling it will be right in our faces pretty soon here. Uh, What do you expect in the next couple of years, Uncle Milty? Um, I expect that uh, I'm gonna be tired. (laughs) I'm gonna be tired. (laughs) That, you know, I I really? I don't expect mm-hmm. anything. I'm just gonna follow the Lord. Yeah, and not I have no expectations mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, there's no. I I still can't believe conservative talk show hosts out there in my arena are still just going work harder next time. 
I'm so baffled by that. Just tell the truth about what's happening. I knew that this election (laughs) was going to either give me hope Mm -hmm. in in America Mm -hmm. or just leave me with my hope in the Lord. And I'm with the Lord. Yeah. There, I have no hope anymore. People are just not paying attention. Right. Too many. And uh, it's leaving a very tiny minority to try mm. to save this country. Well, I certainly can understand that. I, I wish there were better news. Um, I don't know. I haven't checked what the latest was. They're still very, very, very slowly counting the, the results. Um, and I don't really, I, either way it goes, I really do not think it's going to make a, a huge, huge difference. And they'll carry it out probably till Monday, right? I mean, they'll just keep going with it, maybe even longer. I'm sure. Um, the last count... Uh, this was just just recent. The last count was still the same. 210 Republicans in the House, Democrats 193. So uh, there's a current vote that mm-hmm. just came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, just literally. Like this just, second. just a second. 211 for Republicans, 201 for Democrats. Mm-hmm. So they're going to they're going to leave it. Look at how middle of the road. Senate 48 49. Mm-hmm. House 201 211. Governor results, 22 and 24. Hmm. So, there, the country is split down the middle 50-50, according to these people. Right. The fact is, it's 100%. Yeah. It's not split down the middle. Yeah. It's 100% of loons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just... We just really can't look to to the House to do anything. When they had the power, we didn't think we didn't get a wall. We didn't get rid of Obamacare. It was it was very craftily planned that way. And there'll be little things, maybe a little slowing of it. But they, but but we can't. There's nothing that's going to be big. You're not going to get big liberty back. And when we base everything on the scores, that's only half the job is voting on other people's junk. Uh, it's not doing anything. They're not doing anything. My congressman is like that. He's a know-nothing and doesn't do anything. So um, we're just going to you either push these people to do something. Um, I don't know what they have on them, but you can try. Or you just concentrate on local and county and hope that they don't act like liberal progressive thugs. And they'll try to, but you can put more of a stop to it locally. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. The lame old dip was the former VP. Prices blew up, the market tipped go no below Joey Biden, you blow. Soon may the gentleman come to lock him up and his cricket son. One day when justice is done, we'll see the Democrats go. He'd not be there for ballots stole when late the night they rigged the polls. In battleground states, the lions, they tip the scales for Joe. <laughs> Soon may the gentleman come to lock him up and his cracking son. One day when justice is done, we'll see the Democrats go. da 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 da
The fuel has gone sky high, they're effing with the food supply. The southern border's open wide, let's go, Brandon, go. so creative. They really need to make a Fetterman song because it would just be perfect for uh-huh. this, right? Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, you guys are in a pickle. Um, welcome back, Kate Daly Show. Uh, preparewithkate.com. Please go get some food storage, you guys. You know, we said if they if they try to swing this more toward uh, more and give us way more fraud in this, it meant that they were ready for more chaos. Please go get, I'm begging you to go get some food storage. Preparewithkate.com has the best deals. You'll help the show too, but I'm serious. Have some food under your, under your roof, please. You can, you can even pay on it later. They actually do it so you can just customize it to, you know, your income or whatever to pay on it. I'd get a year at least, at least. Please have some food. Preparewithkate.com. Um, the Zelenko products too. Make sure you have enough supplements in your arsenal. Make sure you have enough. Okay, we're going to see more shortages coming out, too. And there was a news story the other day about um, people getting their cars fixed and they were in the shops forever because they can't get parts Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so they've done they've done such a horrible job, you know, with this economy and inserting themselves in this economy instead of leaving um, the free market alone. And we're all hurting. And so just make sure you have things, please. Yep. You know, that's really a matter of perspective. If they've done a bad job or a good job, mm-hmm. depends on who you are. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a lot of people think they're doing a great. Well, job. they're getting a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting a you know some freebies from the government usually. No, no, I'm that... talking about there's people in other countries that oh. think our government's doing a great job. Oh yeah, oh I'm sure. I mean, the yeah. goal is to sewer the United States. Yeah, Come yeah, on, yeah. they're doing a yeah, good job. Yeah, oh, they really are. Yeah, they're doing their best. Uh, so it's yeah, it's terrible. Um, and it's, it's so interesting too, to watch the reaction of the people that I know that they're smart enough to catch that there's fraud going on and they won't say anything. I have friends on the left. They won't say a word. And I'm thinking, do you not realize that the fraud hurts you too? Do you not see that? I would never want to be on the side of the bad guy that's lying, cheating and stealing to get something done. Why would you ever want to be part of a club like that? Well, I don't want to. You know, you maintain a low profile. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> no, though? really. I, mean, that's, it, I don't want to be noticed. Yeah. yeah it's okay, because we got, we got the win. We got what we wanted. And it's really not even a win, because both sides are working together anyway. But I would, I would think that people would want to be against criminality and against fraud and against these types of things. And I know they can see it. I know they, they're smart enough, yet they won't call it out. Always baffles me. I think, where's our, where's our character? Where's your integrity? Where, you know, you have to be part of a club that badly? Well, half the country doesn't believe in God. Yeah. That kind of says it, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right. No, it kind of does. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's when government's We're, your God, I guess they can do whatever it is, and then you'll be conned into thinking it's for the better good of people. Somehow, some way, cheating, lying, and being a scumbag it's, it's all is for, for the, the good. betterment. It's for the good. <laughs> At some yeah. point, it'll arrive in a package of goodness and lollipops. Yeah. I, it's amazing that the, you could talk yourself into that. Yeah. No, I love you so much, I'm going to force you to do what I want. <laughs> Yay! It's what's best. <laughs> I know I have to lie to do it, but I promise it's for the best. I, I can't even imagine that. 
Where's the integrity? It's just gone right now for a lot of people out there. Not a lot, not the whole of the people, not the majority, but... I remember when people mm-hmm. first started uh, justifying the little white lie. Mm, well, Now yeah. they'll justify any lie. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a little white lie. Yeah. They'll justify any lie. What, what gets me is when the left, the, the leftist progressive is what I'm talking about. When all they can say about Republicans is you're the party of rich white men. So therefore, you're scum and whatever you want, I'm against. And if I have to lie, cheat and steal to get my guy in, I'm better than you. It's a it's amazing that we've been reduced to we're just white and rich. <laughs> like I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I may be white, but I'm not rich. I mean, it's isn't that does that kind of baffle you still that that's what they always say out there and think? It, it wouldn't baffle me so much mm-hmm. if I didn't know that only 5% of all people are rich. <laughs> you right? know, 95% yeah. of us, regardless of our yeah. race, are not rich. Well, what's funny is, is it, it just makes you look jealous. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It has nothing to do with the Constitution. It has everything to do with blaming capitalism, the very thing you use, too. You just haven't been smart enough to make that kind of money. But isn't that kind of... it? it all it does is reflect that you're kind of just jealous and just kind of mean like you don't really want to think beyond that if tomorrow morning Uh the government rounded up Mm -hmm. the top five percent wealthiest people in the united states Mm -hmm. confiscated everything they own and divided it up amongst the rest of us we couldn't buy a new car with our share Mm. that's a fact yeah yeah well um (laughs) I know I've been I, I was listening to a leftist kind of go off on us and and what's funny is is they claim we're the we're the rhino like that the whole of us are rhinos and that's not true but they've been taught to think that we're we're selfish fat cats <laughs> uh, okay um, but then again see I can't be part of a group that likes baby murder I I don't respect people that would choose murder um there's a lot of things i don't respect i don't respect people that that think uh that the world's going to end at the end of every decade not the middle or beginning just the end of every decade and uh and it's really hard for me to embrace them i'm try i try but it's tough i just the lies of of that's that club of people that like to paint us as stupid christian gun-toting white fat cats i it's 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 bizarre it is really really strange and the people out there trying to correct that i see a lot of people on the right but they actually don't give even the right correction it's like a it's like a disinformation correction you know and i don't see anybody out there really fighting about the constitution or fighting for the constitution it's never about that it's always the superfluous issues it's never about the core of the country and then it's about uh, uh rewriting history and believing it instead of doing research and finding out that you're rewriting it so there's a lot there to unpack but it's just strange watching everybody, not everybody, but 
a, a selection of people get on and say, well, if you're upset about the fraud, not the fraud, because they won't admit it. If you're upset about the election, it's because you didn't work hard enough and it's because you're um, uh, you don't know how to lose. <laughs> OK, <laughs> that's it's bizarre. I, I can't imagine being that dumb that you would think that about, I can't imagine that. Cause I'm sure people on, I'm sure they have friends on the right that they would never say that about, but as a whole, they, they say that about us. That's funny. How many people out there do mm-hmm. you think disown their wealthy relatives? <laughs> huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No, you're, yeah. you're wealthy. You're not part of the family yeah. anymore. And, You're but gone. would you on the way out? Would you pay my mortgage? Would you off? just put me in your will? But I don't like you on principle. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. And I can't imagine in a free market. You know, if you're colluding with the government to get favors, whole nether side yep. that I can't stand either. And here I am on the right. I don't like that as much as a person on the left would say they don't like that. But what's funny is, is they don't mind the collusion in government to give money and take it from me and give it to you. Right. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. But they don't like those rich corporations. Well, why do you not like the plunder from middle class person to person? What? Why does that not bother you? See? So much hypocrisy. And no, we're not all about war. Goodness. They want us to be, but we're not all about that. And... Uh, it's uh, the left right. I did a show on the left right. I don't know if you remember this. I, did, I think I did it on a Friday show, and I pointed out the weird conversations people get into when they're trying to pit an entire party as a as a group, you know. And I need to replay that at some point soon because that was an interesting. I, I kind of took from all kinds of different people answering questions and stuff. I, we need. We're all gonna. The reason I'm saying this is we're having. We have a guest in the next segment coming on for Veterans Day, but. Look, we have we have the holidays coming up here really quickly. How are people going to have conversations this year? And I really do hope that you don't silence yourself, that you don't censor yourself on the fraud, because people need to hear it. <laughs> I certainly won't. Please don't. Don't go there. Just say it. Say what needs to be said. So always say the truth, because at the end of the day, you're standing on truth. So, you know, it's... Um, the people out there denying that are, are not standing on truth. So their arguments are ridiculous. Anyway, I hope people, I hope people understand what I'm saying. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. This is John Palmer. I'm, Hi. Uh, I'm oh, yes. Hi. Well, you're coming up in just a few minutes. I'm going to put you on hold. Would that be all right? Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to keep Admiral Palmer on hold for just a moment. We're about to go to a break in about a minute and a half. But you understand what I'm saying, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Okay. So Uncle Milty gets it. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's look, one. We have a lot. <laughs> we have a, we have holidays coming up. Just speak the truth. Have integrity. Speak the truth. There's a whole lot of lies out there, and we have to. We have. If you speak the truth and you have integrity and character, and you point out the, the shenanigans that are going on right now, then good. Do it. Right. I, I know people, they get a little nervous going to holiday things, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the big arguments with the family. I know. I know. Who's people looking get forward to that? Well, Didn't they nobody. make a movie about that? <laughs> yeah, many. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it usually goes woke, so, I mean, because it's the media, and they're horrifying, and they're bought, and they're sold. But, look, um, 
we just need to have better conversations and kind of know where where people are coming with with what they've been taught to think by the media and that's our problem so we don't have a lot of really good uh, thinking going on out there and we just need to start asking way better questions and doing more research yeah but it is kind of fun i know a family that has a Uh convicted pedophile wow in it okay but when the holiday thanksgiving comes it's like let's be nice to uncle billy how nice (laughs) But then they also have a wealthy person, and it's like, and that wealthy son of a gun, Uncle So-and-So's coming, too. that fat cat. I mean, that's literally (laughs) what the left does, is they're just a fat cat. Like, that's, you know, look, free market's great, and actually... You're the uh, person that gets to benefit from that free market. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, so that's why I I love this country. But isn't that funny that that's the that's the dirty word? I know you're right. You're right. But embrace the pedophile. Yeah. They mean. Well. Lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. We'd have a great guest uh, finishing up the show today. I've got uh, also Uncle Milty at my side, and uh, you're former Navy. Yep. So you know that song. You want to sing it? No. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, uh, Admiral John Palmer. How are you? I'm doing well, Kate. How are you? I'm so, I, thank you. Yes, I'm doing well. And uh, happy early Veterans Day to you both. Thank you. You bet. Much appreciated. You bet. And so you have, uh, I'm glad you're joining us. Uh, Veterans Day is tomorrow. You have written this book, this great book, uh, From Bluegrass to Blue Water, a very, very long career and uh, in the Navy in 32 years. Um, and let me let me say this about uh, Rear Admiral uh, John Palmer, graduate of the Citadel, the uh, Military College of South Carolina. Navy Postgraduate School, Columbia University Graduate School of Business, and a 32-year Navy career. Uh, you, you cover a lot of ground. We'll say that in the last 32 years. And so you, you set out to write this book. Have you, did you want, did you, did you kind of figure you'd end up writing a book about this 32 years, kind of through the years? Or was it just sort of like you, you got to a place where you thought, maybe I should write everything down? If, if not for COVID, Kate, this book would not exist. Really? And I would tell you that uh, my previous command, my last command, uh-huh. was uh, DLA Land and Maritime in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's about a $6 billion a year procurement activity. And when COVID was raging in early 2020, um, basically in my off hours, mm-hmm. I had absolutely nothing to do. And I couldn't even go back in my building. That was even, even prohibited. So it was oh. me and my dog. In a uh, in a little apartment building, mm-hmm. my wife was down with a new grandchild in South Carolina, and so mm-hmm. my brother and I had always wanted to get down our family things about mom and dad and the farm right. for the kids and the grandkids. And then as I started to write that, it, it came to me that I'd spent so much time in the Navy uh, mm-hmm. talking to young officers about here's where you are in your career right now, and here are the things you need to think about. And now right. that you transitioned here, you have to look through different lenses and so on. Mm-hmm. So I committed to in my off hours 
getting something on paper 15 minutes out of every waking hour. I got it written largely in about five weeks. Nice. Good job. Good job. Well, uh, you know, there's probably some little things that came out of uh, 2020 that uh, were positive. Uh, Most, uh, but uh, that was positive. I like that. So what did you, what do do you, I am sure that during your career, as you're talking to these, uh, to these young folks about, uh, you know, what to do next with their career and so forth, your background living on a farm came into view probably a lot, the life lessons. Can you tell us what life lessons really stand out to you about your growing up years? Yeah, well, the first por- portion of the book covers, you know, our life on the farm. Mm-hmm. It was a cattle and tobacco farm in central Kentucky. Now, our parents were born in the 20s, mm. uh, and all four of our grandparents were born in the 1800s. So, so we are old school in how we were raised. <laughs> uh, and so, so really, we had three priorities levied upon us uh, from our parents when mm. we were kids, and it was farm, faith, and education. Mm. Um, and so, really, everything centered around that. And you could you could substitute in. Or farm is as good old-fashioned hard work but right. you know when we when we were not on the farm we were in school when we weren't in school we were we were at church and uh, uh, when we weren't at church we were heading back to the farm so right. I, I would tell you in that farm phase uh, really two two priorities in mind that kind of translate to everyone who might read the book and for parents you know you have to begin with the end in mind mm-hmm. you're raising children that you want to be self-sufficient adults. Right. And so the farm really lent itself to that because farm kids, quite frankly, do a lot of adult things very, very early in life. I was driving on the road with vehicles and heavy equipment at eight or nine years old. I got Mm -hmm. my first shotgun when I was nine years old. I got left alone uh, to problem solve projects on the farm if I was working alone back on the farm. uh, And I I had to figure things out. So it really did sort of... uh, puts you in a position uh, from that standpoint to understand the value of hard work, uh, that it was an absolute necessity, mm-hmm. uh, and that the, the end in mind was being a self-sufficient adult that could take care of yourself, not be a burden on anybody, and to contribute back to society. Yeah, and we're kind of lacking in that right now. And you write that your 19th century grandmother and Depression-era parents had absolutely no patience for a person um, who could work but wouldn't. <laughs> I really like that outlook yeah, because no. we feel that same. I feel that same way. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that. that's absolutely right. And and so there's a you know for every for every lessons chapter in the book, Kate, there's mm-hmm. a practical application chapter that tells stories that show how the lessons were applied to the good or to the bad. Mm-hmm. And really, the lesson that follows that statement that you have there, Kate, is is there's a portion uh, in the uh, Tales from the Bag Porch. It's called "Can You Fire Me, Mr. Palmer." Mm. And so we were all working on working tobacco, and this uh, this youngster in his twenties who had been working with us and quit um, came to the back of the farm. He approached my dad. We all thought he was going to ask for his job back. Mm. Um, when in fact uh, he wasn't. Uh, he he asked if if he could be fired, and my dad looked at him kind of incredulously and said, "Well, son, no." You quit last week. How can I fire you? And he said, well, if you fire me, then I can apply for unemployment and I can get my check. Ouch. And um, <laughs> and my dad, mm. uh, you know, he's a, he's a kid from Appalachia. Yeah. Um, yeah. He left home at 15 to, to find a better life and serve in World War II. And that just cycled him. And he, I bet. he told this young man that there there is nothing worse 
uh, in this life than being a lazy, able-bodied bum. And he (laughs) unfortunately shamed him publicly. And the fact that the young man wanted my dad to participate in a ruse that Mm -hmm. would uh, would basically steal money from the American taxpayers uh, just just lit my dad off. Normally, he was good about protecting another man's dignity, Mm -hmm. not on this particular day. But that really is sort of the lesson. Mm-hmm. That is reinforced later in the book by an actual story that that, that shows the application of the lesson. No, I love that. The book is called From Bluegrass to Blue Water um, by Rear Admiral John Palmer. And, I, you know, you, you think about these stories. What change do you think in America that made us such a lazy... <laughs> Um, a lazy people with a lot of expectations uh, that we don't deserve. What, what, what did that, in your estimation? Well, it, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, I, I would tell you that there's a, there's a portion in the book. Mm-hmm. It's at the end of the chapter on the Citadel because, really, the farm and the Citadel is, is, is the making of me to go off and be a professional naval officer. Mm-hmm. And, and the portion in the book is called Embracing Adversity. It's sort of a, a final reflection, and it, you know, it talks a little bit about you know, how time at the Citadel uh, upon the Farm Foundation kind of gives you those reps and sets in uh, an adversarial environment where you learn to overcome you know, adversity. Mm-hmm. And so much in this life right now, parents are in the business of protecting their kids to their detriment. Mm. Uh, you know, they'll, they will uh, make sure that they play in sports with their trophy. They will argue their kids' grades with mm-hmm. their teachers. They will, they will do everything they can to take them out of the business of finding ways uh, through hard problems. And I really think that that's something that, um, uh, that is, uh, that is uh, short, uh, short shrifting these kids because what are they going to do? when they get out there in the world and they've been protected for their entire life. Um, you know, these adversarial environments, you know, more and more rare in the uh, uh, sure. 21st century, you know, and they shield their children from all adversity. And I would tell you, you know, today too many children are rewarded for simply passing through childhood in unremarkable fashion. Amen. And I think, you know, when you're talking, when you're talking about kids, I think that we need to uh, encourage courageous behavior. Trial and error, mm-hmm. trial and success, and and I think those are those are very very important. Right. Um, most men and women value their hard earned accomplishments over transient gifts. You know, mm-hmm. to strive and achieve makes mm-hmm. one appreciate the strife and achievement. Yeah. So I think that that really comes down to the parents. You know, yeah. what what are you building in your children? That is. And if you are building someone that you want to be dependent upon you for the rest of your life, then you can continue to. Uh, wrap them in bubble wrap so they don't get hurt in life. But I think that if you send them out there Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, to get some of those experiences and it can be an after-school job where there is another adult Mm -hmm. that holds the kid accountable and maybe speaks to them harshly. It can be a a true sport where the coaches are out there prepping them and and holding them to task and there's a little bit of yelling going on. The Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts are still great opportunities Mm -hmm. uh, for children to uh, to find uh, good experiences and overcome challenges. So, so I think that's really it, is, is we, we are protecting to the detriment of our children the adversity and the experiences they need to vaccinate themselves uh, from fear and, uh, uh, and, and not being able to handle uh, difficult problems as adults. Mm-hmm. Uncle Milty? 
Well, I, I agree 100% yeah. with that. If you raise your children to be afraid things. of mm-hmm. failure, they're going to be living with you until they're 60 years old. Make room in the basement <laughs> because they're <laughs> never leaving. Uh, and they don't know how to do hard things, you know. And uh, it's always amazing to watch them do hard things and, and prove it to themselves and what they gain. Because I feel like a lot of parents out there are just telling their kids how wonderful they are. But the kids, that don't, they don't get anything from that. They no. only get things from, they only get that confidence from actually doing things. And so I think, I, I almost wish every kid could be raised on a farm, don't you? Well, it was good for me, but I will tell you that, you know, I, I, observe, uh, I observe kids uh, for years. Uh, I lived in 13 states, many of them urban areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 led, I led over a thousand sailors and, and to include some Marines as well. And, you know, good good kids come out of every background, and yeah. it comes down to the parents. I think I read where you had interviewed, uh, I think, Dr. Ben Carson, you know, uh-huh, who had sure. a really challenging childhood. And, yes. And you had one parent there with him who uh, uh, held him to task, mm-hmm. who made sure that he did not have the uh, extra time and resources to participate things going on out in the streets that yeah. were not conducive to him uh, becoming a success. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you have the gentleman that you have right now. So you can you can raise a good kid, yep. uh, you know, in any That's environment. True. You just have to be willing to do it. That is true. I think the farm is optimal, <laughs> but I do think that yeah. uh, it really depends on how you're going to um, not cushion every every fall and i i you know that's how the kid learns resiliency didn't we all learn resiliency that way but then for some reason we turn around and we parent so differently it seems so we need to stop that yeah. uh, uncle milty we don't even let them fall off the monkey bars in the <laughs> playground <anymore. laughs> that is the truth oh my gosh we were on death traps for pete's sake <laughs> i mean we had to we had to get through the death traps so um on the military your thoughts today on the military what needs to happen what uh what isn't happening what needs to happen what's your take on the military today I'll tell you, Kate, um, first of all, I should stipulate that I did not serve a, a single day in the current administration. I got right. out in uh, September 30th of 2020, so, so I have lucky. no firsthand mm-hmm. experience and yeah. uh, in, in under mm-hmm. the uh, current uh, president and, and secretary of defense. But, but I will say that we have uh, become, mm-hmm. uh, over time, the preeminent military in the world by focusing on combat lethality. And when I say combat lethality, that definition to me means being able to put down uh, rapidly and mercifully any enemy and bringing back as many Americans and allies safely as we can. Um, And so that any Mm -hmm. focus or agenda or... uh, or uh, resources mm-hmm. that uh, distract us from combat lethality suboptimizes our military. So without going into specifics of which I could only comment on secondhand from reading news articles and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I, I served at a point in time when Secretary Mattis was uh, uh, Secretary of Defense. His, mm-hmm. his focus was combat lethality, and I felt, felt very comfortable as a young admiral in the Navy um, serving with that clear direction and understanding where we needed to be mm-hmm. uh, with everything we did day by day in the military. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. I uh, The book is called, uh, I want to make sure people realize they can go get this. Uh, the book is From Bluegrass to Blue Water. A lot of lessons, uh, you know, sharing lessons learned over a lifetime of leadership. Uh, this would make a great gift, too. Uh, so get the book. And uh, we have about 30 seconds. Anything else you'd like everyone to know? 
about that? I would just say that when you get into the Navy portion and, and, you know, you've been talking Mm -hmm. about a profession and it goes to the continuum from new entrant to middle management to uh, or mid-grade officer to uh, senior officer to command and Mm -hmm. also in the admiral uh, or general officer zone. And I'm a CEO as well, so I have that perspective as well. And and so it basically tells you the different lenses through which you must look and the different ways you must operate as you get more senior and have greater responsibility. So it's a, it's a wonderful book to give to someone, no matter where they are, mm-hmm. from adolescence to the C-suite, because there are a couple of chapters in there of lessons and experiences that can benefit. Oh, and believe me, we need the wisdom right now. We really yep. do. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Rear Admiral uh, John Palmer. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you. Kate, thanks so much. Thank Pleasure you. meeting you and Uncle Milty, and I will be listening in. Thank you. Uh, well, be faithful, be fearless, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow for the Friday show, and uh, can't wait for that. Go to katedallyradio.com and make sure that you share the show. Hitting 17 million is always fun, so make sure that you share it, and far and wide, we'll get back to some great values in this country, right? Uh, you guys have a great night. katedallyradio.com.